All right, 2 Timothy chapter 1. I thought maybe I'd got through. No, I just finished up the first. Now these three books, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus, are known as the pastoral epistles because they are directed, for the most part, to Timothy, a young pastor, and Titus. But they've got much, other, much, much, much for all of us. All right, chapter 1. Now, the date, I think, I think these are all later in the life of the Apostle Paul. Uh, obviously, before he was beheaded, if he was beheaded, but towards the latter end of Paul's ministry. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Now, notice many times when Paul introduces his writings, he defends his apostleship. Why? Because he had many people, Judaizers and others, that were going around behind him trying to undermine his ministry by saying that he wasn't really an apostle. But by the will of God, and yes, he is, was an apostle. I know you, some of you remembered, I know Brother Satan would, uh, years and years ago, went down to uh, Clay, no, Clay County, Knox County, back, troubling up back with uh, Stinking Creek, way back, you so far back, another foot you'd be on your way out. Anyway, it's pretty far back. <laughs> anyway, we had a great time down there. It's a long story, but we had a good time. But I started going down there every Friday night. Now, if you know where that is, you got to go down the interstate, go towards uh, Corbin, and go on past Corbin, on back into the mountains, and uh, back to Knox County, Barberville. But then you get there, then you got to go back out in the mountains, in the county. Long way. You drove that every Friday night. Anyway, had a good starting to work down there. But there was a Southern Baptist church down there that wasn't doing anything. Hadn't been. Of course it weren't. But boy, they got all up when they heard I was there. I was preaching there and teaching. And it's all over that county, over that end of the county. That preacher come down. That preacher, that preacher down here. Well, you got in the Southern Baptist Convention, you've got in their local associations, they'd all, I've always got associational busybodies. I mean, associational missionaries, that's what they are. And what they do is they'll go around and they keep everybody straight because they keep their nose stuck in all those church businesses to know what's going on. They keep ahead of it. Well, this, that associational busybody, he would go around to all these, the main members of these churches. He said, y'all got to watch that guy. He doesn't have any authority. Now, they didn't know me. And I got word of that. <laughs> I took my ordination down there. This Southern Baptist Church. <laughs> Metathorpe was a Southern Baptist Church when I was ordained. I was ordained by Southern Baptist Church and the Southern Baptist Associational Business Bodies. Saying I don't have any authority. 
<laughs> but anyway, we did it for a while. Finally, they got, got the best of us because they were there and we were here. But anyway, Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Man, that puts, it, that puts us way beyond anything in this world. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers. He's a Jew. Tribe of Benjamin. With pure conscience that without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. And that's of Timothy. Greatly desiring to see thee being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. So he's just, he's, he's a human being. And he's writing this to friends in the Lord. He said, I, my heart's filled with joy when I call remembrance the unfeigned. That's not finged. As I heard one preacher say, that's unfeigned, that's unfaked. Real, not false, faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Now, there's a whole lot of people, about all holiness people, especially women, say that Paul hated women. About all of them do. That doesn't look to me like he hated women. Does it to you? Sounds to me like he's praising the grandmother and mother of Timothy, Lois and Eunice. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance. A lot of time we need to have our memories stirred up. Randy was talking about, this morning we were talking about what Christ did to save his people. I said, we take the Lord's Supper. It is a memorial to remember his body and his blood Amen. till he come again. That thou stir up the gift of God. Well, that's kind of language, human language there. The gift of God. Well, we read that in the first chapter of 1 Timothy. Laid hands on him. Paul laid hands on him. And the gift, the gift of ministry that was given to him. He said that you stir it up. You know, this is kind of ridiculous, I reckon, illustration, but people used to, I guess they still do, if they got the money, have cedar lined closets. And they don't you don't finish that, you leave that cedar raw. Got panel cedar paneling as you put you keep don't have to worry about bugs, moss and all that. But you know every now and then after it stays there for a while you gotta do something. You know what you do with that cedar? You take a sanding pole, like a drywall sanding pole, sand it. Next thing you know, boy, here you got that got that smell out there again. It's just got you stir it up. <laughs> well, we need a spiritual stern uh, uh, Spiritual sanding pole Amen. to stir up our whatever's in us. 
which is in thee by the putting on of hands, and that was Timothy. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. I know people afraid. If you're saved, you ought not to be afraid. The Lord hadn't given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. A child of God ought to think soundly. So all of those have been given to us. The spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. You know, you stand before a bunch of people, especially people you don't even know, and start talking to them about the Lord Jesus Christ. People are shaking their head. You ever have you ever talked to people and they're gritting their teeth at you and shaking their head? I've done it right here, right here. Tell you I never did back up though. That was all my cue to go on. <laughs> I ain't, I, I ain't doing it enough here. I ain't doing it enough. Anyway. anyway. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me his prisoner. Now, I do not want to go to jail. The shape I'm in, you think I wouldn't have a rough time in jail? And I don't anticipate, I don't want that. But if it comes... And it very well could, depending on what, what takes place in the next year or so. If I'm still alive, it certainly could. Because they're already trying to hammer down on people like us. They really are. With that bunch you got in Washington, yeah. And you tell, I, I don't love them up there. I really don't. I don't love what they stand for. Uh, anyway, be not ashamed of the testimony of Paul, his prisoner. Would you be ashamed of me? But be thou partaker, <laughs> okay, of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. Oh, don't be ashamed of it. Become part of it. Now, I don't think he's telling us, go look to be put in jail. I don't think he's telling us at all. But he's saying of that testimony, we need to be partaker of it, whatever comes. Uh, some of our brethren, brothers and sisters, way long time ago have been accused of this. Now you probably remember it when I say it. The circumcellionis. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay. I know I've told you before. We'll tell you again. The Donatists in northern Africa, 
Now Augustine, so-called Saint Augustine, Bishop of Hippo, he didn't like the Donatists. He was like John Calvin and the Anabaptists, hated them. And he hated the Donatists. And he wrote a diatribe against them. And most people would believe what Augustine wrote rather than believe what they said about themselves. But I don't believe what Augustine wrote. Augustine was a heathen. Anyway, they accused the Donatists of being these circumcisions that they were such wild, crazy fanatics that they wanted to be persecuted and killed. Now, do you believe that? I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a minute. And those people, they knew how to persecute and kill you. And they made you die a mighty slow death. No, I don't believe they did. I do believe this, that they were like our buddy Polycarp. Polycarp didn't back up from them, did he? Not at all. Even when they had him tied at the stake, getting ready to burn him alive, he didn't back up from them. There was their problem. They couldn't understand how anybody could withstand all that and go through all that on purpose, and they did it because they were children of God. Amen. And they loved the Lord, and they loved the truth, and they loved not their lives even to the death. So, be a partaker, be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And that's what it's talking about right there. Now, God is the antecedent to verse 9. Who hath saved us, we're talking about salvation this morning, same salvation, and called us with an holy calling. That's all a part of the work of salvation. Uh, the old uh, black gospel song. When he calls me, I will answer. When he calls me, I will answer. Well, I don't know whether they had the whole truth of that or not. But I'll guarantee you, when he calls you, you will answer because he'll call you in power and he will quicken you, enliven you and grant you repentance and faith and you will answer. Yay, Lord. So he has saved us and called us with an holy calling. We're talking about now the effectual call of the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, and that wasn't according to our works. <laughs> well, what did you do to deserve that? You didn't do nothing to deserve that. Not one thing. Now, we saw about somebody the other day. The translations 
And that Catholic translation, that Douay Reims version, that's the one that they translated to counteract the King James. They tried to do something about it. Say, well, isn't it about the same? Well, actually, no. Some of it is, but no, you've got some major problems there because uh, Jesus said, Repent, or ye shall all likewise perish. It's pretty plain, isn't it? But do you know what they say it says? Do penance. When it says repent, it says do penance. Well, penance is what you would do if you went to Roman Catholic confession. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And then you tell him what what you've done. And he gives you acts of penance to do. He might tell you to Scrub this floor with a toothbrush. And when you get that done, your sins will be forgiven you. That's what that is. And they hand that stuff out all the time. It may not be that extreme, but they hand that stuff out all the time. No, that's not what the Bible says. A matter of fact, I don't think there's a word in the Greek, in the Bible, in the New Testament or the Old Testament, that would compare with do penance. Don't know of one close to it. Anyway, so not with not according to our works, but here's the truth behind salvation. According to uh oh <laughs> his <laughs> Own purpose. Not yours. Not mine. To his own purpose. Paul said it in Ephesians. He said, according to the good pleasure of his will. That's the same thing. His own purpose and grace. Of course, grace is in there. Because if grace wasn't in there, you and I wouldn't be in there. And that was given to us when? How and when? In Christ Jesus. (laughs) Before the world began. You mean the world had a beginning place? Oh yeah, it sure did. Well, science says it's possibly even eternal. Well, they're liars, that's what. They don't know anything about it. Were they there? (laughs) He was. And he knows we had a beginning place. Uh, Let's see, what was it? It was on that, all that uh, British BBC, uh, uh, talking about all the the Antarctic and the Arctic and all the polar bears and, and all that. I love all that nature stuff, but I don't like what that Attenborough says about his evolution in his billions of years because he doesn't know what he's talking about anyway you know the emperor penguins they live down there on the at the antarctic now y'all might 
not believe this, but when I was in the Navy, I tried to get assigned to the Navy base down there at the Antarctic. But I didn't have no skills that they needed, so I didn't get, get it. But I wanted to go down there. How dumb was I? It's cold down there, buddy. It's bad. Stays cold down there. <laughs> anyway, but I tried. In my own way, I tried. Uh, you know, those emperor penguins, they just got a very short window when that the female has to give birth to that egg, one egg, for a little, little bitty penguin. Only she doesn't sit with that egg. She passes that egg to the daddy, and he puts that egg on top of both of his feet, little short legs, ugly-looking feet, but they hold that egg, and all that furry fat goes around that egg. And he incubates that egg through a winter that probably goes way past 60 below zero. And the only way those penguins make it it's because they bunch up and they take turns being on the outside or else they'd finally get them all. But that whole winter, which is several months, and then the, the mama penguins stay out in the ocean and they feed all that time. Daddy don't get a thing to eat all that time. So they barely make it through that winter. And then here comes mama. She's got to go about, they wouldn't want to elaborate on this, but I believe that ice sheet is, by the time she comes back, it's 70 miles long. Solid ice. Well, we're, we're, we're warming up, you know. But they don't, they don't elaborate on that. But she goes back 70 miles and she's got all this fish stored in her goozle. And the first meal that little baby penguin has is when mama gets there and it sticks this little bill right up in her mouth, goes down her throat and pulls that fish out. And that's the first she eats and daddy gets some of that too. Then he goes, he goes to the ocean and he feeds. And she takes care of that, of that little baby penguin. And they survive. Now that old boy slipped a couple of times. And it's one they hadn't fired him yet. Because he talked about the brilliant design. <laughs> I thought it was all random. <laughs> it just happened. Oh no, there's design behind that. How long would it take it? those penguins to figure out how to do that. How many millions of years or hundreds of thousands of years did it take them to figure that out? And my question is this, how did they live till they figured that out? And you can ask it about almost anything in the natural world. How did it live or they live until they evolved that? Because about everything we have is necessary. Now, now it is true that you can live without hands, feet, and eyes. Not saying you don't need them, but you can live with, without all that. 
but the race won't be extended very long if it's what everybody's got. You got to have them. And everything that you've got, you got a brain, you got a heart, you got lungs, liver, kidneys, all of it. How did you live until you evolved one of those? I mean, you don't have to be a mental heavyweight to figure that out. You, you couldn't. Can you live without a heart? Now, I think a lot of Democrats live without brains, but, you know, and some Republicans. That's called uh, irreducible complexity that you have to have. You have to have all of that. Well, all right. So we're talking about this now. All this was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Well, here's the, here is the biblical worldview. That before Genesis 1-1, there was eternity in God. That's all. Genesis 1-1 is the beginning of world history. So guess what? There is nothing... Prehistoric. And doggone if every one of them is all about the prehistoric thing. There is nothing prehistoric. And I would to God you kids to tell your teachers that. There's nothing prehistoric. If it's prehistoric, how do you know about it? Who told you about it? We've got our history. Genesis 1-1 begins it all. Anyway. But is now made manifest his own purpose. By the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's brought to life all of that. Immortality and all of that. Who hath abolished death. And hath brought life. And immortality. Eternal life. To light through the gospel. Nobody else has got that. Mohammed's. Koran, of course, he never read the Koran. You know, Mohammed never read the Koran. <laughs> he was illiterate. If he had seen it, whenever it was written, he couldn't read it. Now, that's a fact of history. He couldn't have read it. He didn't write it. I don't know who wrote it. But it's a bunch of garbage. Anyway, whereunto, that is, Jesus Christ appearing and abolishing death and bringing life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the heathen. That's us, Gentiles, ethnos. For the which cause, I also suffer these things. Paul suffered a lot of things. He really did. That's my watch. Anyway. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom 
Now, a lot of people quote that and they say, I know in whom. No, I said, I know whom. That's personal relationship, see. I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I'm not keeping myself. He's keeping me. Now, Timothy, hold fast the form of sound words. Now, that sound is healthy, which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Stick with it, brother. Stick with the word of God. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. Now, I know he's not saying the Holy Ghost has got you jumping up and down. Doing the holy hop. He ain't got you down barking like a dog. He ain't got you talking like Brother Elder Ward used to say, them funny languages. I think I've told you every time I've been spending time overseas or Brazil or Europe. I always find these uh, tongue speakers. You know where you find them at? In language schools just like everybody else is going to. Well, they speak in tongues while they're doing language school. Ha, <laughs> ha. Well, this is in religion. Yeah, well, what do you think this was? <laughs> and they did speak tongues, languages, but that's over with now. That's why if you hear somebody doing that, you know they're going against the scripture. Don't tell me it's a revival when they're going directly against the word of God. I can show you some revivals in the word of God, especially in the Old Testament. Josiah's day, Nehemiah's day, And do you know what they were doing? They were getting familiar with the word of God. Verse by verse exposition. Not singing around the clock. Chanting around the clock. This thou knowest. Verse 15, that all they which are in Asia, that's Asia Minor, Turkey, be turned away from me. Paul got shut out. He got left out in the cold just like Jesus did. Left in the lurch. That all they which are in Asia Minor, you know who all's in there? You got the seven churches of Asia Minor plus all the rest of them. Be turned away from me. Why do you think he's saying don't be ashamed of me? Don't be ashamed of my gospel? And they even names, oh y'all not name nobody. Really? Paul did. Of whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes, 
Now I don't know anything about them. We know one reference of them right here. How'd you like to have that on your record? 2,000 years later, they're still talking about you. Phygelus or Phygelus and Hermogenes, because they turned away from the Apostle Paul. And we love the Apostle Paul. Amen. And they turned away from him. Left him in the lurch. But now he says, the Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus. He's mentioned 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 19, salute Prisca and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. Now that's all we know about Onesiphorus. But boy, big difference. <laughs> big difference between him and those other two. The other two forsook the, the apostle Paul. But this fella, his house refreshed him. And they were not ashamed of his chain. What's his chain? That's what he's bound with. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. He even sought me out in Rome and came to me. Came to aid me, to help me. And the Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And then how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. Timothy knew what he had done. How much he had helped him in Ephesus. There are three years. Paul got some help, but from very few people really. Then all of these people turned away from him. Left him in the lurch. He knew what it was like to be left alone. But you know what Paul did? Exactly what he's going to do anyway. <laughs> he didn't veer from it. He didn't even bobble. He had his eye right on. And he went right straight on. Until he had fought the good fight of faith. And was ready to be delivered. May the Lord.